Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, once again, daily episodes here of the GM Shuffle leading up to the Super Bowl this Sunday from Miami. And before we get to X-Factors, which is the theme of today, just a reminder, Monday's episode was all about the offenses. Tuesday was defenses. Yesterday was coaching. And like I said, today we'll do X-Factors. But first, the news making the rounds, which is the Browns continue to make some moves here as executives Alonzo Highsmith, Elliot Wolf, Steve Malin out after the new GM, Andrew Barry, was hired. So... The carousel continues in terms of coaching positions filled. You got Bill Callahan on the offensive line, uh, Drew Petzing for tight ends, Alex Van Pelt, offensive coordinator. It's a really drastic change in personnel, Mike. I suppose it shouldn't be that surprising when a new GM comes in and he wants to clean house a little bit, but this is a serious overhaul for Cleveland. Yeah, and obviously it is truly more of an indication that they're going all in on analytics. And, you know, I wrote that column about the war between analytics and and football people, and now we're just going to continue to have the uprising that goes along with it. I mean, I I know – look, I predicted this a month ago. I knew Elliott was trying to get out of there for three weeks. Highsmith, the same thing. They want nothing to do with an analytics-based department, and they wanted to keep Elliott, but – you know, they were asking Elliot to make phone calls on behalf of the GMs to kind of collect data. I mean, how bad is that, right? They're asking this guy, Elliot, who's been interviewed for GM jobs, they're asking him to call about recommendation for potential GM jobs. Like, does anybody have any fucking awareness inside that building in Berea? Like, seriously. And Elliot was at least honest and said, no, I'll call on people I don't know. I'm not calling on people I do know. Like, at some point, like, where's their awareness? But At the end of the day, this is going to be an analytical-based organization. And if it's good and everybody wants to buy into it because the narrative is, you know, you got to be in analytics, you got to be in analytics. No, you got to be in everything. You got to be at the diner. You can't be just in one thing. You got to be in everything. And so because you got to be in everything, you just can't go all in. Like, you just can't go all in. You're just going to get screwed up. And so we'll see where it goes. But I think, as you're going to talk about, Ron Wolf hit the nail on the head. Well, this is where it gets interesting. As you've said before, analytics is another word for what? Information. So at the very least, if I'm doing my job, and whether it's obviously in Major League Baseball, analytics is so prevalent, or in football, or even now in basketball and hockey, if somebody goes, listen, we have an analytics department, I'm like, all right, cool. Like If, if that's more information that's going to help us do our jobs better, I am all for that. But as you mentioned, if it's at the behest of NFL knowledge, of scouting, of guys who have seen the game, etc., like th- this isn't about all oh, like a manager deciding to go to a left in the seventh inning rather than the sixth guy trusted my gut rather than the analytics. This is about the whole shaping of your franchise. You've got to have football people there along with the information. And to that point, when I hear Elliot Wolf, I think of Ron Wolf, who's the Hall of Fame former general manager of the Packers. And of course, Elliot worked with his dad for many years at Green Bay. Ron Wolf telling Chris Mortensen of ESPN he disdains the way analytics have affected both football and baseball. He said the Browns and other teams that embrace analytics are, quote, out of control. When something goes wrong, who takes responsibility, Wolf said. Their answer, well, that's what the data told us. What a crock. That's what got him 1-31. And I, I understand his point because you can't just blame the numbers. There's got to be some accountability as well. 
Yeah, I mean, and look, they. I used to say when I was in Cleveland, we started the analytic department, right? So they brought in the guy from Dallas, and and they started this analytic department there, and we spent a hundred thousand dollars to analyze what makes great quarterbacks and see if we could find a secret remedy. And I kept saying to the fucking guy, I kept saying, "Are you on a doctoral study? Like at some point, you got to give me an answer. Like we're, we're not on. Like I'm going to get my ass fired, and meanwhile, you're telling me you're going to keep looking up this data. Like give me something." that we can work with give me something that we can apply and then if it doesn't work god that's awesome it doesn't work we got to try something else but we can't keep constantly being perfect like they don't want to give you the information well you know here's a perfect example i wanted to take the 30 quarterbacks over a lifetime that were not drafted in the first five ten picks in the draft right the surefire ones i wanted to do a study on those the trent greens the tom brady's the kurt warners why did these guys what did they have inside of them that made them reach greatness right i wanted to find a common denominator and then i wanted to take why we missed on quarterbacks like what was the miss part why did rick meyer miss why did joey harrington miss why did brady quinn miss why did these guys miss like what was the real reason not the political reason and I wanted to do a study on that because if I figured if we had it missed and what makes, we could figure now we're going to get to a conclusion. You know what I was told? Scientifically, that's not accurate. You have to study everybody. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to study everybody. Like, I don't want to study some guy who's driving a UPS truck who played quarterback and got drafted in the third round. All due respect to UPS drivers. I mean, we need them. But the reality of it is, is like, I don't want to study that guy. Yeah, you go into any job, and what do they say in the job offer interview process? It's what experience do you have, right? And, and I agree with you. You don't always have to have experience. I mean, it's annoying sometimes, especially when you're starting out in your career. You don't have any experience, and nobody can give you jobs, and therefore, how can I get any experience? But at some level, you have to say, well, yes, I've studied football at this level, or I did this or did that, et cetera. You've got to have some people with some know-how within the department. If it's all like, hey, I went to Yale, I went to Harvard, I, I was the smartest guy in my class, I'm an analytics major. Okay, great. Hey, we, we need need smart people. I'm always going to be in favor of smart people. But if you don't have some football people as well, we're in trouble. And the Browns, it looks like, with Dee Podesta running the show, a guy who made his bones as Billy Bean's right-hand man driving the analytics department in baseball, where's the football people in the building? They don't have any. When Stefanski runs into an issue, where's the answer coming from? Andrew Barry? Andrew can say, well, you know, I mean, look, I think it's wonderful to have, you know, youthful guys to take over. But at some point, you got to have some level of saying, hey, this is what happened before. And I don't think this is going to work. I mean, the mistakes you make in, in football are your greatest learning tools and you apply them the next time you utilize them. So to me, I think Wolf's right in the part you can't go all in. He's wrong with the part that we still need some form of it. But when you go all in on this shit and he's right, I mean, all of a sudden, who's you know, they just walk around like no one talks about it's mind bottling. No one talks about how shitty the drafts were in 16 and 17. Nobody talks about it. They were analytical based. Nobody talks about the players they passed. Like no one talks about that. They, they, if analytics was so fucking good and they could do it so well, why didn't they pick Patrick Mahomes? That's the question that remains one that many Browns fans are asking. Bottom line is, Elliot Wolf will find a job quickly. I mean, the whole story is him and the Browns agreed to part ways. Clearly, he knew his place was not there, so he'll, he'll snatch up a job quickly. In terms of another major issue right now, not affecting the Browns, but affecting all of football, 
Matter of fact, the Browns did a, a positive job in this sense because Andrew Berry, one of the rare minority hires in terms of management, and Roger Goodell addressed the issue of the lack of diversity. The fact that the league recently completed its latest hiring cycle didn't produce a single African-American head coach, even with candidates like Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Saleh involved in the process. Barry, as I mentioned, the new GM. Now you have two minority GMs in the NFL. The league's mandate each organization must interview at least one minority candidate for such openings is known as the Rooney Rule, appears to have grown ineffective and outdated. It's time for a change, Goodell said. Quote, clearly we are not where we want to be on this level. We have a lot of work that's gone into not only the Rooney Rule, but our policies overall. It's clear we need to change and do something different. There's no reason to expect we're going to have a different outcome next year. How do they change this, Mike? How do you get a league where 65% of the players are black and you don't have any black coaches? I think it's all about education. I think the biggest issue is we're missing is we're not educating. We're not educating anyone. We have no school for head coaches. So last year I was at the NC2A basketball final, and I spoke at this symposium with John Calipari. And before I spoke, they had a conference for minority coaches to come in and do pretend interviews. And so I'm sitting there like a bump in a log waiting to talk, and the guy says to me, you want to just take part? We'll give you a table. You can take part in it and see what you can do. And so I sit down there, and, and so the first guy comes up, and so I s- pretend I'm going to interview him for a head coaching job. And I say, what's your philosophy? Well, it depends on where I get hired. And at that point, I just got fucking pissed off. I said, no, 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 no. The, 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 let's reverse this. No, no, stop. We're not doing this. I'm not interviewing you. Like, I'm going to teach you what you need to know to be a head coach. Like, I'm going to teach you this, and then you're going to go home, and you're going to adapt it to what you do, and then you're going to have a notebook that's going to sell yourself as a head coach. But we miss this point. We don't have this. We have no one teaching African-American coaches, ex-players. We don't have an academy for head coaches, which should also be in a leadership academy. We should have the Center for Creative Leadership. We should have a branch there where we set it up, where we're going to send 25 ex-players, and then we're going to have 25 coaches in the league. And here's what you're going to need to know to be a head coach. We're going to have a head coaching academy, the NFL Head Coaching Academy sponsored by Dell Computers, right? And once we start doing that, watch how quickly we start hiring minority coaches in the NFL. It's about education. It's about understanding the role of the job. It's about understanding the mental discipline of the day. It's about understanding how to lead people. It's all those things. And we're criticizing people that don't do it in the interview because they probably don't know what they need to do for the interview because no one's really told them. No one's really told them. And so it really comes down to education. And the only chance we have to bridge racial divide in the country is through education, is through understanding that through all races, right? If we don't educate people that we want, we're not going to get anywhere. And it's not their fault because they're sitting there thinking, okay, this is what it takes to be a head coach. Like I can remember Ozzie Newsom when the first year he came up from when he was an ex-player, he came up into the room and he said, man, I had no idea what all went into this damn thing. I had no idea. And Ozzy just took notes, learned, and did it, right? And so no one has a real idea. Jim Harbaugh had no idea, right? But he came into the Raider organization. He learned how to become a head coach from there, right? He learned it. And if no one's going to teach minorities how to become a head coach, it's really unfair that they get criticized in the interview. I'm sure Andrew Barry can interview with the best of them. Andrew Barry's a really smart guy. He's interviewing for a leadership position, which I'm sure he was trained for at Harvard. But some guys who have great football knowledge may not have had that leadership background. 
and now all of a sudden Goodell's sitting there saying, well, we have seminars. No, you don't. You bring in guys that don't even talk about what it is. I mean, half of them don't even own Bill Walsh's book, Finding the Witting Edge. None of them are reading what's going on. Are they reading five books about leadership? Are they studying great leaders around the country? Who are their role models? I mean, think about the Kobe story that really just killed me when I heard this. Kobe starts calling because he wanted to write. So because of his stature, he starts calling J.K. Rowling. Is that her name? Yeah, J.K. Rowling, the famous Harry Potter author. Yeah. He starts calling her to find out how she learned how to become a better writer. And he starts calling writers all over. His curiosity led him down to want to do this. He wanted to do it. It's the same thing. He used to ask Coach Raveling, what are you reading and why are you reading? Like, you have to have, we've got to spur the curiosity of the people. And I think that comes through education. And so when I did that seminar that day, I all of a sudden I had eight or nine people want to sit at the table. It was like I was a Pied Piper. I had a bunch of guys who want to sit at the table. In fact, they all, I got them all, they email me now. I send them stuff. One of them came back and spent time with me. There's a there's a thirst for knowledge, but there's no one giving it to them. And ultimately, like you said, it's not like there isn't qualified candidates out there. I mean, I mentioned Biennemi. I mentioned Saleh. Both those guys, you know, you would think are primed to be in position to do so. Obviously, Niners had a great defense. As you mentioned yesterday, he has incredible personnel at his disposal, but appears to be a good motivator. And Biennemi, similarly, again, you've got Patrick Mahomes. Certainly that helps. You'd think, but you're the offensive coordinator of this great Chiefs engine. Both those guys are going to get looks. And certainly they've interviewed. It's just a matter of actually getting the job. Right. And they got to know how to prepare for the job and they got to know the key words to say in the interview. Right. And they got to be able to lead and they got to be able to stand in front of the team and command the team. And they got to be able to, you know, this game features two coaches who are great leaders, too. I mean, Andy Reid's a great leader. Kyle Shanahan's a great leader. What? Kyle Shanahan could barely get an interview when he got fired at Washington because why? He pissed people off. Well, you know why he pissed people off? Because he was trying to lead. He was trying to lead them to do the right thing. Like, if you want to make everybody happy, you make no one happy. You make nobody happy. Like, you know, that ain't the NFL. Like, the NFL is you're going to have to push people and lead people. And you got to have that innate ability to do it and feel like you're doing it the right thing. And young coaches, Gerard Mayo at the Patriots, he has the mentality to be a great head coach because he'll piss somebody off, right? If you want to placate, oh, I'm not going to, you know, do what you want. No, lead, lead. But again, I mean, who taught anybody how to lead? Like, who really truly understands the dynamic of leadership when you're playing football? You th- every coach impacts you, but were they great leaders? They're teachers, but they're not necessarily always the best leaders or teaching you what it takes to be a leader. That's what we're missing in the NFL. we got billions of dollars. They could build an academy on leadership, and they could fund it with teachers in there, and they could send ex-players to the academy, and they could basically have the Harvard Business School for Coaches. And it's a minority-based educational program. And then the next thing you know, we would have a bunch of God darn minorities head coaches. But until we do that, no one pays. I mean, I saw Troy Vincent at a, at a seminar a week ago, and I tried to speech to him. He gave me like, like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Just I, I got something else to go. Okay, fine. Thank you. Wait, Troy Vincent blew you off? Oh, like you couldn't fucking believe. That's disappointing. Because like you said, ultimately, there's answers out there. Just because nobody wants to hear the story. Nobody wants to hear the reason. Everybody thinks it's through. It's not working through interviewing. Just because you interview somebody doesn't mean you're going to hire them. All it does is you're checking a box. We don't need boxes checked. We need people with substance. We need people to come in there. I don't want to check a box. Why do you think Mike Tomlin became a head coach at such a young age? He was a fucking great leader. 
It was obvious. Everybody that was around Mike Tomlin when he was a defensive back, Al Davis knew he was a great leader. He was like, oh, there's that guy down in Tampa. I hear he's great. He knew it. Yeah, ultimately, nobody wants to get hired. You know, if you're a minority, you don't want to get hired just to be a minority hiring. But to your point, it's really glaring when there's such an absence of it because there's great talent available. There's potential available. It just needs to be framed. It just needs to be unearthed. Stay tuned. After the break, Mike and I take an in-depth look at the number one X factors going into the Super Bowl. It's not who you might expect. It's, you know, the X factors, right? So it's not the major names out there. That's why we always dig deeper here on the GM Shuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, time to talk about X factors for Super Bowl 54. And, you know, honestly, we've talked with the major players on both sides of the football, you know, whether it's Bosa and Clark defensively, obviously Mahomes and Jimmy G and Mostert and all the rest of it. So here's some X factors you may not be taking into account. Let's start off first with the X factors for the 49ers. You know, in terms of players you may not necessarily be thinking about, uh, San Francisco cornerbacks, Emmanuel Mosley and Kawan Williams. Uh, the fullback as well, Kyle Juszczyk. He's going to be so critical because of all the times that they're running the football. Quarterback Kawan Williams, I mentioned also, for, um, you know, just it's interesting, Mike. What do you think about that? San Francisco corners, the key for them, of course, they don't want to get ex- exploited by Mahomes. And also a fullback, which is a really outdated position in today's game, unless you're with the Niners. Yeah, okay, so let's go over the corners. Like, they're not going to be the X factor for the 49ers because they're playing so much zone, right? And so what you can't do when you're playing cover three zone is get the ball thrown over your head. And trust me, the Chiefs will attempt to do it. I think the one rule I would have on an X factor is I would never allow, if I was Robert Salai, I would never say, we can't play Tampa 2. Because if we play Tampa 2 in this game, they're going to line up Tyreek Hill on an inside formation, and they're going to run them down. And this is a rule breaker, right? So this is not a beater. This is a rule breaker. When you line up the third receiver, and you guys have heard it all on TV, how can you have the Mike linebacker be covering Tyreek Hill? And people go crazy. Well, the reason the Mike linebacker's covering is to play in Tampa. And he's got the number one inside receiver. He's got to carry him down the field. That's the rule of the coverage. The rule of the coverage, I carry this guy down the field. 
If it's a Coke machine, I got to carry him down the field. If it's Michael Lombardi and he runs 5-7, I got to carry him down the field. And if it's Tyree Kill, he runs 4-1, I got to carry him down the field, right? That's the rule. So Andy Reid lines him up inside the slot, and the linebackers got to carry him down the field. So you can't play Tampa 2 because they have too much speed to break your rules. So you're better off playing three cloud, which is the coverage that Tampa 2 essentially becomes, then you do that. So to me, the X factor isn't going to be the corners of that. It's going to be the X factor to me of the 49ers is going to be Buckner, Solomon Thomas, Armstead inside against the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dr. Tourette. I, I love him. Yeah, Laurent Tardif. He's awesome. The Canadian. The Canadian kid, Ryder the center, and then Wisniewski, who they pick up off the street, and he starts at left guard. To me, the X factor of this game are those three against the three I mentioned. The inside players have to be great. People are going to talk about Bosa. People are going to talk about D Ford. No, it's these three offensive linemen. If the 49ers don't win the game, it's because these three guys block their ass off. And the only thing I would say to this, I would say this. If I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm walking up to Bill Vinovich and I'm saying before the game, hey, Bill, just so you fucking know, they can't block us. I don't know if you're aware of this, but they can't block us. Like Fisher, Wisniewski, Ryder, Tardif, Schwartz, they can't block us. They can't. I'll show you all the tape. They can't block us. So if you let them get away with holding, you might as well give them the trophy before we even start the fucking game. It's interesting, right? With all the excitement, we always focus on the name players and, you know, Mahomes going down the field and all that kind of stuff. And you're you're focusing on in the trenches, literally interior line play. That's going to be the key to the Super Bowl. That makes sense. That is the key. That's the game right there. That's the game. And we can talk about Tyreek Hill and who's going to double him and Hardeman and Sammy Watkins and all this crap, right? The key to the game is this. Now, the second key to the game is what do the Chiefs do against base personnel? So when, when the fullbacks in the game are the Chiefs in their base defense, do they play their three linebackers? Do they have Damon Wilson, Hutchins? Do they have all their linebackers on the field? Are they going to play three linebackers or are they going to play their sub? Right? Are they going to play Raglan, Wilson, and Hutchins? Are they going to play some form of Darren Lee in this game? How are they going to play base personnel in the game? How are they going to play 22 personnel? Because when they're in 22, two backs, two tight ends, Really, they can become a base team because they'll put the fullback out there, they'll put Kittle out there, and all of a sudden now they've got matchups or you're playing zone, right? And one thing we do know about the way Spagnola, he's Spagnola is a roll, the a spin the wheel defensive coordinator. It's going to be some form of pressure, it's going to be some form of zone dogs, it's going to be some form of blitz, and if he thinks he can get home against you, he's going to keep blitzing you. His inclination is to pressure. And so how Kyle handles that is by formations and how he plays it. So to me, I think the fullback's going to be key, but not because I think he's going to be instrumental in the game. I think he's going to be instrumental in the chess game. How does it handle and where does it go? Interesting. Other X factors potentially for Kansas City. People are throwing out there strong safety to Ron Matthew, who we talked about. Defensive tackle Chris Jones as well. And running back Damian Williams. Maybe he could be important for Kansas City, although it's interesting with how little they run the football, you wonder what the thinking is there, although maybe they utilize him if San Francisco is doing different things defensively. And also Chiefs outside linebacker Terrell Suggs. Apparently he could be a factor. According to CBS Sports, they have Terrell Suggs as one of the top five X factors. Yeah, I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, the X factor is the edge support of the Chiefs defense. Can they handle the edge? Are they going to be able to secure the edge? Can they knock it down? And are they going to, because they're going to run the football. And early in the game, you know, they're going to be able to. Mike Pinnell's played really well for him. Chris Jones has played really well. 
But the X factor is, can they get the edge? And if they get the edge on this defense, whether it's to Sugg's side or whether it's to Frank Clark's side, however it is, however they do it, whether they cut it or not, it's going to make all the difference in the world. I think those two X factors are going to be critical. But the chess match within the chess match, that's the fascinating thing. How Spagnola treats base personnel, how he treats 22, I want to know that right away. That's what I want to know right away. I want to know how they want to play it. That's what they're talking about on the sideline. That's what I wish we had sideline reporters that actually would tell the fans, hey, look, I listened to the huddle. They were talking about 22. Here's what they're going to treat 22. Next series is going to be a series of this instead of, you know, the same shit I can get on Twitter. Well, you know, that this guy has a pulled hamstring and it looks like he's in a lot of pain. Thank you very much. A good sidebar, but sideline reporters, you're right. It's tough to bring too much to the table, but we are bringing some to the table every single day. Tomorrow, honestly, real simple. Who's going to win and why? Plus a ton of prop bets, including will J-Lo and Shakira get caught lip syncing? Make sure you listen to the GM Shuffle tomorrow and a special Super Bowl recap on Monday right here on the Shuffle.